Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys Podcast. Landon, how is it going today, sir? Hey, happy birthday to Oprah. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do this anymore. No, no, that was yesterday. <laughs> uh, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to uh, see exactly what you're going to attack me with in regards to uh, tight end re- reviews. I-, I don't know why we're fighting about this already, I guess, is my question. Uh, well, it's because we haven't had a good uh, dust-up in a while, okay. so okay. I figured that we needed to have Fair one. Fair enough. Um, we are going to review tight ends today, but before we get that, I just wanted to plug something really quickly. Uh, I was on the Locked On Giants podcast yesterday talking about oh. uh, some of their new coaching hires with Jason Garrett, Mark Colombo, and Derek Dooley. Uh, so if you want to check that out, uh, it, it was really good. Patricia asked me uh, what was the best quality about Jason Garrett, and there was like a three-second pause. <laughs> I was like, I had a mouthful uh, of coffee just then, and I almost lost it all when you said that. Oh man! Like, uh, what? Um, eventually, I came up with something. So if you're interested, you don't even in remember. You're not even going to repeat Garrett. it. You're not even going to repeat what the no. nice thing was about Jason Garrett. You can't even repeat it here. No, of course uh, not. This is a this is a Cowboys podcast. This is a okay. Giants, right, pod, Giants podcast. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and get into these tight ends. So here's what we're going to do uh, for this draft season. The, the way that Landon and I like to evaluate these players is we like to take two or three uh, at a certain position that are expected to go in a similar spot and kind of compare and contrast them. Uh, we're going to start with tight ends just because, uh, I, I don't know why, because I like Cole Komet, uh, who we're going to talk oh, about in boy. a second. Um so these are all guys that are projected to go outside the first round. I don't think there's a clear-cut tight end in this class. Uh, there certainly isn't one that everybody agrees is a first-round pick. Uh, so the tight ends that we're going to look at today are Cole Komet from Notre Dame, uh, Hunter Bryant from Washington, and then Adam Troutman of Dateman, who was at the Senior Bowl last week. Um, let's go ahead and start with Komet, Landon. I will let you go first. Oh, man. Uh, what, did, what did you see in this player? Uh, well, I've, I mean, first thing that, that really jumps out is that he is, you know, the prototypical stout framed, solidly built, throwback type tight end. He's got long, agree, long yeah. arms, broad chest and shoulders. He presents a, a very large target when he's in the middle of the field. Uh, long, I, I have here he's a long, powerful strider, runs his routes like a bully. He, uh, he's, mm-hmm. he's not overly agile. Uh, struggles to keep up in snaps where there's too much change in direction. Uh, not a great blocker in space, I think, because of of his uh, lack of ability of changing direction. Um, and and I, I think he part of this also is he hasn't seemingly unlocked his ability to exploit his strength. Like his his power and strength to me seem to be like kind of part of partly how he wins, but it doesn't seem mm-hmm. like he's unlocked that in the run blocking aspect of his game yet and I, and and I, he's also on the ground a lot as a run blocker and i think that both of these issues are tied to um uh both a lack of strength in the run game and being on the ground ground a lot in the run game are tied to his feet and and balance issues 
Uh, I, I think he has he struggles to keep his feet. He, he struggles to keep a good base. He lunges. Uh, I don't think he keeps his feet moving when he's blocking. Uh, and so I think you know he's not he's not a sticky blocker specifically. Be- well, let me ask you this: is it is it more of a technique thing, or do you think it's in a lack of athleticism? I th- I think it I think it's uh, it's not to, to be determined yet. I I, I don't know yet I, because okay. I think I, okay. I think it's I think it's definitely technique, but I think also is the problem that he can't execute the technique. You know what I'm saying? So I, I can't really parse that. I do feel like it, with better coaching and more coaching, he p- likely will improve here. The question is, like how f- how much more will he improve here? Right. I would agree. Um, yeah. So and then, I, I, just really yeah, quick, ahead. I was going to say I, I agree with you as a blocker. He's he's going to be labeled for whatever reason as a pro, you know, day one instant starter. I don't think he's that. I, I don't think he's somebody that you can give seventy five percent of the snaps to right away because he's just not there as a blocker. Yeah. But go ahead. Um, and then uh, the only other real note I had was he kind of has you know, average acceleration off the snap on his routes, uh, but he you know he he moves. You know, fairly well once he gets going, um, and, and he's got great hands. Like he really does snatch the ball with mm-hmm. his hands. Uh, he, you know, look as a as a receiver catching the ball, uh, and then a little bit after the catch, you can see the kind of Gronk sort of, uh, you know, some some Gronk to him a little bit in this game. Uh, I put where he wins is he's solid, easy to find pass target over the middle. And unanswered questions are, uh, to me, the appeal of Komet is that he looks like he could be a great all-around tight end. But as it stands right now, he isn't some great blocker. So my question, my unanswered question is, why draft him over a more dynamic pass-catching threat if they both are will require major run-blocking technique work? Okay, and, and that's a good question. That, that kind of leads me into some of my evaluation. For the most part... I think we see a similar player. Did you have a round that you put him in? Like, is there a spot where you would feel comfortable drafting? Well, see, him? that's my whole issue with him. Really, is that I feel like he's going to be overdrafted. Like, that's that's my whole. That's my my only real downside is of Cole Komet as a prospect is that I feel like he. So I think he'd probably be like a late first, sec, or early second round pick, right? Or maybe you think that's where he's going to go? I think that's where he'll go. Yes. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Like, it seems like somewhere in the top forty-five, he probably. Yeah, I would probably take him around lower, like into the okay. second, early third, probably, because I do think that you know, look, he has things you can't teach. He's got size. He's got strength. He's got long arms. He can catch the ball. You can get some value from him as a pass catcher, you know, right away. I think in some in some in some way, if you if you need to. Uh, but I think he's, I mean, he really is not going to provide you very much, if anything, as a blocker this season. So, uh, I have concerns because I think there are, like, we'll talk about two, two or three other guys that are in this kind of area that mm-hmm. I think are, have much more well-defined skill sets, uh, and, and there's a lot less, uh, unknown as to whether they will get to their, uh, peaks, I guess is the best way to put it. All right, so we agree for the most part about the player. My difference is, I think I just think I value this player a little Probably, differently than yeah. you. Probably, yeah. I think he is deserving of a top forty-five pick, and I'll give you some of my notes. They echo a lot of what you say. 
Um, he lined up all over the field for Notre Dame. I had snaps in line, in the slot, out wide, also as an H-back, sometimes in the backfield. Um, Do you, the most, real quick, I'm sorry, yeah, did you think he was, I thought that he lost some of his, uh, uh, ability, the, I think he's better on the line of scrimmage. Let's put it that way. I, I would agree. I, 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 I think, think he's he can, better. I think that's his best. I spot. think he could do a little bit of everything, but I think you're you're at your best with him having him as an inline Y. I would agree. Yeah. Um, my notes here. I, I just wrote down some of the ones that really stood out to me. Just an absolute massive catch radius. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a couple passes where the ball was above his head, no problem. There was one where they threw the ball to the sideline and he reached out and was able to get his feet in. Uh, there was a play against Boston College on a third down. The quarterback threw the ball behind him and low, like almost at a shin, and he was still able to make the catch. So this is one of these guys where uh, you just throw the ball in his general direction, and he's going to catch it. Uh, he has overwhelming size, almost Gronk-like, uh, and he's a bully after the catch. He's not going to make you miss. Um, he's not going to, to run away from people, but he's just too big and strong for some of these defensive backs. There was a play uh, against Virginia on the third and five, they threw the ball to him in the flat, uh, you know, maybe two yards past the line of scrimmage, and he just dragged this poor defensive back like seven yards down the field. So that's his value. To me, he's one of these guys that's always open, even if there's no separation. You can see him get down the seam, uh, and he's just so much bigger than everybody else. And it also doesn't hurt that he has the ability to track the ball and catch the ball above his head, and he can kind of contort his body. Um, I Again, I, I don't see somebody who is ready as a blocker at all, but can you use him as a red zone weapon and on third downs early in his career? Absolutely. Uh, I think his best football is still ahead of him. He's only 20 years old. The comp that I gave him was like a young Todd Heap. Uh, not super not super athletic, but so big and so sure-handed that you're going to want him in the offense. Um, I, I can certainly see somebody spending you know, a top 40 pick on him hoping that by year two, year three, he's one of the top five or six tight ends in the NFL. I, I don't think that's out of the range of possibilities. I really don't. I, I don't think so either. And, and, my, and the, the, the debate that you and I had is, you know, how my, – my concern is that this guy still needs a lot of development. How is he going to have enough time to get all of that? And, and what is it going to – Okay, here, what, I was going to say, here's the thing, though. The problem is – these type of guys don't hit free agency very often. So even if he does develop in year three or year four, there's no way a team is letting him go in free agency. I understand the point of it takes a long time to develop these guys. It's just so rare to find guys with his size and catch radius on the open market, if that makes sense. Sure. But at the same time, it's like you're committing to having to use that kind of player. It, it, you know, like, it, and, and the thing is, is that this is different than like Rico gathers where it's a low cost investment, and if it doesn't work out, it's fine. You can get rid of him. I think that this guy has a way better chance of making it. Let me make, let me yeah. be clear. Like, sure. but I, it is one of those situations where he's twenty. He's probably at this point more of a baseball player than he is a football player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think yes, absolutely. With some seasoning, this guy could be unbelievable. The question is, is that do I have time to, to be seasoning this guy? Do I have the, all the investment that needs to be put in time wise? Snap wise, you know all those things are, are is all of that investment going to come back and re- return to me before I have to pay this guy a whole bunch of money because he suddenly is a really good player, but he, but he still hasn't given me anything yet. Uh, or 
would I rather take a guy who maybe doesn't have the same sort of wide open future as far as being an all around tight end, but can give me something as a receiver right away in a way that Cole can't because of just I mean Cole is a good receiver as a versatile tight end. But if we're looking at the larger, you know, class of tight ends, he's he's one of the he's he's you know, average at best, you know. Like I mean, see, I I'm going to disagree with you there. The the next tight end we're going to talk about, I think he's a little bit more limited as a receiver, and that's why I find this so interesting. I think I think like Komet is a better player down the field than Bryant and Troutman, who we're going to get to in a second, just because of that size and catch radius. I know he doesn't have the same athleticism as those two. But just because of that sheer, again, size in the middle of the field, he's he's just a bigger target. Um, that's I mean, that, that's that's fair. I mean, I think, like I said, he will provide something as a pass receiver. But at the same time, it's like I don't know, man. Like I I, I have a hard time. The, the the reason you're getting this guy is to is the the reason he's valuable is eventually you're hoping he can be a versatile piece as a tight end, right? But, I mean, without that... It's a projection. It's a projection. Without that extra element of, of, of versatility, right now I just don't know that he comes in as a player that's more valuable than Hunter Bryant and, or Adam Troutman. Because I, I feel like I can get more immediately out of those. Uh, maybe not... I don't know about Troutman. Troutman, there's... I, I would agree, though. That, that's the thing is I think... I would rather have commit long term, but I don't disagree that I think Bryant and Troutman maybe give you more early in their career. And if you're looking to get solid production on a rookie contract, you're probably right there. I, I think I would agree with you. Uh, yeah, and I, that's more my concern is that I'm gonna ha- a have to overdraft this guy and b not get any kind of solid return out of him for the first few years. And I, I, that's it's not that I'm totally against that. It's just that. It doesn't really jive with what this team seems to be doing right now. So, uh, I, yeah, like I said, I don't. I think you you nailed it when you said it's not that I have a problem with the player. I think we agree about the player. It's that I, I have I have concerns about you know the Cowboys taking him and and what that would mean for getting return on their investment at a time when they're trying to win now. Okay, I was gonna say I, th- I just think commit. You could draft him now, and then probably by the time Michael Gallup hits free agency, you're hoping you're Komet right. is the, yeah. the number two ta- or the number two target on your offense. Yeah. Um, let's let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk about Hunter Bryant. Guys, let's talk about sex. Remember those days when you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach since they're chewable. They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guys who want any extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and Blue Chew prepares and ships them direct, so they're cheaper than even a pharmacy would have. Right now, we have a special offer offer for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free 
When you use our promo code NFL, just pay $5 of shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code NFL to try it for free. All right, Landon, this one's a lot of fun. We're yeah. going to be talking about Washington. Uh, I don't even know if it's fair to call him a tight end. We'll call him offensive yeah, weapon I, Hunter Brown. I, I, I honestly, I, I, that's part of my notes is questioning whether he, you know, really should even be called a tight end, honestly. But I, yeah, I mean, he, he he really has the size of a receiver. Is really what he looks like. I think he's uh, uh, my notes. Basically, hold on, because <laughs> I actually put this. Where is it? Uh, this guy is basic. Uh, this is my note. This guy is basically. Hey, what would we? What happens if we move Derrick Henry to tight end? <laughs> like, I mean, this is what he is. It's like he, he's got you know, kind of similar build. Uh, I mean, should I go ahead and launch into this? I guess I'm assuming. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. So Absolutely. Tight end Hunter Bryant, Washington, six two two thirty nine. So, you know, like he's built like a big running back or a fullback. I've actually heard he's going to measure in shorter than that. But go I, ahead. you know, I don't. I, I'm not surprised because honestly, when you see him line up. He's truly an H or a U back with with the, with a yeah, body type to fit, right? Looks looks like a running back. Hard, hard, this is yeah. my note. Hard to even classify this as the same position as other guys. Has a specific mm-hmm. part time role in this offense. That's the other thing too. Is you watch this tape, the Washington games, and this isn't like Cole Komet or I mean, Troutman, especially where he's the focus of the offense or. Um, He's in on every snap. Like, he gets used strategically and specifically, which uh, I think, you know, for a lot of prospects would be a huge strike against them, right? I mm-hmm. I think Hunter Bryant is – well, I'll get into it later. But I, I think he's so unique uh, in his versatility that I think it, 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 it actually shows you a template of how he should be used in the NFL. Um, I, I, let, me, let me just get through my notes real quick. Uh Versatile didn't take long to see him line up as an inline inline Y slot U H lots of motion lots of shifting. Uh, he's a natural hands catcher. He snatches the ball out of the air. Uh, like I said, this guy is basically quote Hey, what if we move Derrick Henry to tight end though? Uh, uh, uses hands right, it well right. in route to get free off coverage. Uh, I see a lot of good tape of this guy. Oh yeah, this is this is it. I see a lot of good tape of this guy doing the job as a run blocker. I think that. Part of this is him being asked to do what he can do well. More on the move blocking split action whams, more on the, more on the move blocking split action wham spectrum, like shield blocking, and less on the inline trying to bury defensive end blocking. Uh, but you know, in that method, he, as a as a blocker on the move, he's a sticky blocker. Uh, he knows he understands how to keep his feet going. He, he's not again, he's not burying anybody, but he understands. How to block out? He understands where. He, he, I didn't say he blocks like a bigger. Yeah, really, really he understands block. leverage. He, he knows how to box out and use his feet. Uh, plus a good, in that plus a good knowledge of the play. Like there was this great uh, uh, split zone, uh, you know, where he was running, coming across the uh, and he was hugging tight. He's the split blocker, right? Coming across the line, of, coming like parallel to the line of scrimmage, and he's staying close to the line of scrimmage. Even though the defender that he's blocking has gotten a whole bunch of depth 
uh, into the backfield because he knows that as soon as that defender recognizes what's happening to him, he's going to try to double back to get back into the hole to cut the running back off before he can get there. And as soon as he does that, he runs right into Bryant, who's on track to where the defender was going, and blocks it, throws a shoulder into him, and knocks him down. It's you know, it's it's it's. That's the thing that I've watched this tape that is making that, that makes me interested is that it, Hunter Bryant seems like he's a a really good player for what they're asking him to do. I, I think the key needs to be that you need that it, when you draft this kid, you need to do that as well. This is not. Yeah. This is yeah. this is a kid who can play full. He can do some fullback stuff. Can do some H back stuff. He can line up on the end of the line of scrimmage. I would. I just don't know. If I just don't know if you that. want him doing that. Yeah, I, right. he can get around. He can get downfield. He needs some route refinement. He needs more suddenness out of his break because he can tend to drift, but he has the athleticism to do it. Uh, despite being short for the position, uh, his body is actually high cut. Uh, he carries yeah, he carries all yep. his muscle up top, and so he's really actually rather nimble for his size. Uh, and then the last thing I put in as far as notes overall, he can make the acrobatic catch. Uh, I think it, I can't remember who it was that I was watching, but there was a, a play where he this was a really neat play actually where they did a fake reverse, and actually it was a double against Oregon. Yeah, it's yep. double reverse, and he arc blocks and then releases up the field like on a wheel route. And the quarterback threw it to his back shoulder uh, outside, and he's able to jump, adjust in the air, reach back, and make the catch. Uh, so he clearly has uh, a playmaking ability in the air. Uh, where does he win? I put he's a unique utility piece with playmaking ability. And I think that that's what that is is that he could be the 11th guy on your offense. You can assign him to do all the dirty work stuff, uh, come in, crack block, slip block, be a wing, that sort of thing. And then every once in a while, sneak this guy out down the field, and the guy, and, you know, whatever linebacker is unfortunately been paired with this guy is going to be toast. Uh, he has a very my unanswered questions are he has a very specific skill set. Will he find a team that utilizes him correctly, or will he get drafted by a team looking for a traditional Y and get labeled as a bust? Yeah, I think you nailed him. Uh, I just want to talk a little bit more about his receiving ability. Um, for the most part, Washington used him like within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. Like that's how they used him as a receiver. He didn't have a ton of targets down the field, and you would think, you know, for a guy that's you know six two, two forty. You know, you'd be using him down the seam and down the sidelines more. That just didn't. They happen. just didn't throw it uh, to him down the field. I saw. A, no, no, I saw a lot of him getting up the seam, like from yeah, the they slot. Did. Eason just didn't they do just it. Didn't I don't throw know why. It to him. Yeah. Now, what I did like is when they lined him up in the slot and he had a guy on him one on one. Defensive backs just couldn't handle mm-hmm. his quickness. Like there's a couple times where he won off slants. It was just yeah. too quick. Um, doesn't have the best hands. You'll see him drop some passes. I think it's more concentration than anything. Uh, but then you'll see him a game against like Ohio State in the Rose Bowl two years ago where he'll make a one-handed catch. Uh, my questions about him uh, outside of some of the blocking is I'm wondering if his frame is maxed out a little bit. Uh, you know, Again, I think he's closer to 6'1 than 6'2. He's 240 pounds. Um, I, I don't, he's a good athlete. I wouldn't call him an elite athlete. Like I don't think he's going to test like Evan Ingram or somebody like Vernon Davis. I think he's probably a 4-5-5 guy, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, that's still incredibly fast for a tight end. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's just not that type of athlete. Uh, Some of the comps that I wrote down for him, like if he reaches his ceiling, I think he could be like Jordan Reed uh, in that same type of role. 
Um, maybe a Trey Burton. I wrote down Dustin Keller from the Jets, who you know kind of is the same size, six two, two forty five. What about Delaney um, Walker? Delaney. Now that if he becomes a better blocker, I could see Walker, but I, I don't think he's there right now. No, but I think his game is not dissimilar to him. You know, I now, he, I think he. I would agree. Now, here's the thing I was going to say about him really quickly. Is he a better fit in a West Coast offense than somebody like Cole Komet because he can win with quickness right away? Yeah, I mean, I think, look, again, this is a situation I like. If I'm draft, this is why it's tough to be a draft analyst, right? If I'm Johnny draft analyst, uh, you know, drafting for team generic, I'm, I'm drafting Cole Komet, like, over, over Hunter Bryant almost wow. every time. I would agree. In a vacuum. In a vacuum. Yes. But for the Cowboys, I kind of think I prefer Bryant because here's the thing: you, you pair him with a guy like uh, like what you have with with Schultz and Jarwin, right? And, and those guys can handle some of the online stuff. You know, you say what you want about Jarwin. I, I just think that you, you're not going to be using as much inline Y blocking as you were. Probably not. I think that his his skill set complements someone like. Uh, Jarwin in a way that I think is really great, and and the other thing about it too is that you talk about his you know him being maxed out as an athlete, you know I don't know that he needs to be any more athletic than he is. I, I for what he's at, what we would ask him to do for him to be like a fullback type, you know, because you see him you see him leading in the hole, you see him blocking inside, you see him wham blocking, you see him split blocking. He block he does really good on 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 arc release blocks. Uh, you know, he, he's agree. not he's yeah. not burying anybody, but but he doesn't. He's more of a getting way getting the way. But he on. does that well. Like you know what I'm saying? Like he he like there is an art to getting in front of a guy, knowing where the where the 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 play is going, and and being able without seeing the ball carrier, being able to keep yourself between the ball carrier and the defender. Because you're facing the defender, right? And he does that really well. He keeps his feet. He moves really well. That sort of thing. I think that he could come in and function as an 11th player on the offense right away. And and I think that he would get some sneaky good production because I think he he's just a guy that would get lost in the shuffle of, of all the kind of multiple formations and multiple shifts. Look, even at Washington, like I mentioned, he isn't – he wasn't a full-time player. Like he, they, they didn't no. have him on the t- field. But I still think that he has enough value as a part-time player because of his skill set, because he's so versatile. Because when you line him up or put him out on the field, you don't necessarily know what the formation's going to be because he's on the field. So I, I think it gives. There's a schematic advantage that he gives a gives. I I, I give him a little bit of a bump as a prospect because he presents a schematic advantage by having him on your team because you because of what you can do as far as deploying him and then not really the defense still not knowing exactly what kind of uh, a formation they're going to get until they break the huddle so I, I like him in that kind of role I don't know if I like him as much in a vacuum as a tight end but this is the kind of player that this positionless fullback tight end player that I feel like the Cowboys should be looking at more now with Mike McCarthy. And I think the NFL with the rise of Kyle Usick and guys like that who are provide value to their teams. I think guys like this, uh, who are, are, are valuable, versatile pieces should get more and more looks. 
Okay, where would you feel comfortable drafting Bryant? Because uh, this is a question I've been struggling with. Like, if he's there at 51, is that where you want to take him, or or do you think that's still a little too high? I think that's probably still a little too high. Uh, I okay. think that. And see, I agree with you. I had a second, third round grade on him. I think you, when you're talking like late 60s, early 70s, that's when I start getting interested. I agree. I think that's the third round. Uh, you know, unless he just blows the the, the combine up in a way that that we're not expecting. I think if you could find if he finds his way down to the third round, that'd be fantastic. A couple of metric things really quickly on Hunter Bryant: 67th percentile dominator, 84th percentile in yards per reception at almost 16, uh, 82nd in breakout age at 20. He's only 20.4 years wow, old right now. Wow, I didn't now. know that. Yeah. He's yeah, he's also mm-hmm. Pro Football Focus's highest graded uh, receiving tight end to ever come out. So uh, they absolutely love his his potential as a receiving threat in the NFL. All right, let's go ahead and do our last one. Adam Troutman from Dayton, uh, a player that you know we didn't get to see a ton of just because there's not a lot of Dayton film out there. We did get to see him at the Combine. Uh, we Both of us got the chance to watch all of his one-on-one reps there. Uh, Landon, what did you think about this player? All right, first off, let me tell a quick story. The first – so we did watch – the first thing I ever saw of this guy was that was the practice tape that you sent me, right? Really, mm-hmm. really love the way he, he moves. The first actual game tape I saw of this guy – uh, you know, I knew he went to Dayton. I knew that he was playing against, uh, you know, a lower level of competition. So whenever I watch those kind of guys, and I don't know if you do the same thing, I, I don't, I didn't know what his number was in college. I, I like to put on the tape. Best way to I do like it. to put yeah. on the tape and see if I can just see it, find him, right? Yep. Literally the first snap of the game, and they, they're, they're lined up and, and they haven't even snapped the ball yet. And I'm like, Oh, it's that dude right there. <laughs> and he was play, lined up as a, yeah. as a fullback. And, and it was funny because it was the first play of the game and, and, and clearly he looked like he was hiding. Like it, it was funny because it looked like he, like they literally were trying to like, Oh, they don't know about this guy yet. <laughs> like, and, 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 and right, immediately right. he runs a wheel route and like catches it for 40 yards on the first play of the game. Uh, yeah, this guy is – he's fascinating to me. Um, this is the kind of guy that I think you – know, normally smaller school tight ends, like, I mean, we remember Adam Sheehan from uh, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I there's a lot of ugh with these guys, especially tight ends, right, because there's so much of a learning curve. Here's what I'll say. This was this was a dude who, if I read correct, weighed less than 180 pounds his junior year in high school. He was a college yep. quarterback who yep. played both ways on a small school, didn't get any kind of recruiting or anything. Ends up going to Dayton. Uh, they do like basically their first practice uh, with him, and they're like, "Yeah, you're 210, 220. Why don't you uh, try running some routes?" He runs a couple routes. Uh, and they immediately take away his green jersey, his his quarterback jersey, and they make him uh, become a tight end. Smash cut mm-hmm. to his senior year. Now he's six five, two hundred and fifty one pounds. He's got big hands. Uh, he's shifty with good balance. Moves like a smaller player than he is. He's not he's not a bad blocker considering his competition, his skill set, and that is based on more of his senior bull tape than you know. It's kind of hard to judge Dayton blocking because he's literally. So much bigger than everybody else that it's, 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 it's really not fair. Uh, he's very fluid. This kid will be a very difficult cover. Uh, he looks, you know, you and I were talking about offline. If, 
if uh, what's the, the tight end from San Diego? I'm just forgetting. Oh my gosh, uh, uh, Antonio Gates. Gates. Yeah, if Antonio Gates is a power forward playing football, this guy is a small forward playing football. Absolutely, I love that. That's exactly the way I describe he's it. First, I mean, he just looks like he's constantly coming off screens, ready to shoot a three. Uh, first actual yep. game table. Oh, I mentioned that, yeah. I, I, so, you know, where does he win? I did, like, first of all, well, let me just again preface this that this was kind of a hodgepodge analysis. I mean, like I said, I saw senior bowl practice reps with him, uh, you know, a handful, and then, you know, a couple games of, of Dayton tape, which really is only so useful, really. Uh, but I, I would say, where does he win? His short area explosion plus his body control is elite. It's, I mean, it's, it's, ve- or it's very close to it's, he, he's able to change direction and also maintain balance throughout all these explosive movements, and I think it's going to make him a very, very good route runner once he's uh, been a little bit more refined. Unanswered questions, you know, obviously, can he make the competition jump? I, I think, you know, being a former quarterback and, and understanding the game on that level, having a good work ethic, all of those things make me feel like uh, he has a good chance Uh I feel better that now we saw him at the Super yes, Bowl. Yes, he did well. Absolutely, there. but I, I, I mean, it's such a serious jump. There's just, and again, the position specifically is so difficult to make the jump, the leap. So, uh, I think it's it, it has to be asked: Can he make the competition jump? Yeah, when I watched some of the one-on-ones, especially against the linebackers, uh, the, I mean, he looked like Blake Jarwin to me. Like that's the type of you know of athlete he is. He's just so fluid in and out of his breaks. Um, you know, everything sticks right to his hands. He never had problems with drops. I, man, I just struggled to put this player in a round because the competition certainly is an issue. Again, I feel better now that I saw him at the Senior Bowl, but where do I draft him? It seems like 51 is too high, but I'm not sure he makes it to the third round. It feels like probably the, the start of the third round is probably where he goes, right? Like that, that seems kind of like the sweet spot. But again, I would even have questions like there. It's, just, it's a lot of risk. Um, but man, you can see that potential to be an elite receiver in the NFL. I, I, I struggle with him. I'll be honest. I, I'm not sure what to do with Troutman and what grade to put on him. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> yeah. I, I, I just don't know what, I just don't know where I'm willing to take that risk. Because, again, third round seems about right, but I'm not even sure he's going to get there if he tests as well as I think he is going to do at the combine. I think the whole thing, I mean, look, after just to kind of bring this into a, a larger discussion, I think the whole thing after looking at all these guys is that there's, there really is no sure thing, you know? And, and, and no. all these guys no. are a risk. Except for Cole Komet. Well, well definitely ahead. not him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I just think that all these guys uh, – you know, incur some risk, uh, you know, because I, I, even with Cole, I think there is the chance that he kind of gets lost in the shuffle. He doesn't quite develop the way he wants. Maybe he gets. That's just the nature of the tight end yeah. position in general. There's no such thing as a sure tight end. I mean, even again, even somebody like OJ Howard, who was a great blocker coming out of Alabama, who was a great athlete. You know, we're going into what year four now, and we're not even sure what he is, despite coming from you know the biggest school there is and having you know elite 
athleticism and great production. And that might not be about him either. Position yeah, the, like that's, that's right. the thing. The tight end possession as a whole is just so difficult to evaluate. Yeah, and, and again, and, and it's also how it's deployed. I mean, a lot of what I said about uh, Hunter Bryant, honestly, I mean, it could be said about all these guys. Like, if they're not deployed correctly in a way that kind of takes advantage of their skill sets, then, you know, like, yeah, like there's, there's generally going to be a problem with, uh, uh, how well these guys are able to go. So I, I think that, that mm. I, you know, match is going to be a huge thing here, and none of these guys, I think, are you know sure things. Well, that was fun, Lane. We got to talk about three tight ends in depth, how they fit with the Cowboys. We're going to have to continue to do this over the next couple months. Uh, we'll look at different positions. Maybe we'll even circle back to tight ends. Uh, I know there's some other ones out there that people want us to talk about. Uh, we'll try to do that. We'll try to watch... Uh, as many prospects as we can uh, leading up to this draft. Uh, that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Again, rate us, review us, give us uh, give us some players you want us to watch. Um, you can follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Lock on Cowboys. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. And we will see you next time.